Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to yet another edition of the PowerCat Podcast, your second PowerCat Questions Podcast of the week. Why? Because we love you. We, we really love you. And actually, we do love our subscribers. We love all K-State fans. Well, there's there's that one guy. Then there's that. Uh, never mind. Oh, my gosh. We're here in the studio. Fitz, Zach, and Ryan Cools Gilbert. He's wearing shades now. We don't know why. <laughs> Those are mine. <laughs> he, put, he put on Zach shades. I didn't even see it. But it, uh, it brings us to a – we're a much cooler podcast now all of a sudden with the addition of the shades. We're always cool. When we're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, make sure you stop into the fridge every time you're in town. Um, Pick up anything you need for your party or your belly or your liver or whatever you want to do. You can get cigars. You can get spirits. Not ghosts. Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's like a, a ghost of an old Blockbuster employee in there just trying to hand out Die Hard on VHS. That'd be scary. If you need a wine expert, they got it. A bourbon expert, they got it. Beer, so much beer in there. They've got an expert in that, too. Oh, they got everything at the fridge except for you. Get on into the fridge. They don't have Nancy's there either. They don't. They don't. You got to. I wonder if they even sell pineapple. Sell a Nancy kit. Now, I have to talk to them. That's trademarked. Uh, I don't think they can do that. Yeah, I don't think think so long in Lucha want to trademark that. <clears throat> okay, here we go. It's your questions from Wild by Station. If you missed it, we did one of these the other day, focused on football and some other stuff. Pickles. I, look, man, you're so disruptive. And uh, Cole was in for that one because he does a lot of our football coverage. And now that the basketball season's over and Ryan Gilbert's not working for that other place that doesn't sponsor this podcast but also has Nancy's available, uh, uh, kind of a Hispanic version too, and a, and like a – a shipping version. <laughs> okay. Is, are pirates into the shipping, shipping. Industry? <laughs> shipping industry? I don't know. Uh, but uh, now we're going to do basketball. And it came to a sudden stop in the Elite Eight, as K-State seasons tend to do when they get to the Elite Eight. But we've taken your best questions from Wabash Station from our VIPs for this podcast. And let's get going. Take it away, Gills. First question is from Darren Sproul's super fan. How do you mend a broken heart? How do you mend? Is that like a carpenter song or? Hmm. I don't know. Um, you, you have to, you have to remember the good times, the Naquan no look alley-oop and the, the half court alley-oop basically in the KU game. Remember those special moments between you and your, your love. That time that Jerome Tang got a technical, oh, that was wonderful. The time that Dream Dowling led to him getting a technical. I can't even remember what was behind that one, but... What game was that? That was early. Tang said it wasn't my fault, so I don't know. <laughs> we'll just blame Dream. He seemed like a guy that would cause trouble. All the good moments, the wabashing with the students, the standing on tables. Ah, oh, it was so beautiful. And then... In the winter, your love will come back to you. But also, go with the fridge. 
Uh, that'll help you get through that broken heart phase. We'll come back in the fall, too, with football, right? Well, I think he's talking about... Uh, we can't even mention football on this on this podcast? Well, we can. Did you see the football team doing the, the basketball highlights? I did. Reaction? It was okay. amazing. That's yep. all we're going to talk Quality about Quality content. There we go. It was pretty good. The, the outtakes were fantastic. So you'll get over this. Um, Darren Sproles left. You remember that? He left. He left you behind. Left you with just your name. That's happened to a lot of women in the world. Their love leaves and leaves their last name behind. You'll be okay. Let's move on to the next question because my voice is creeping me out. From Contra Cat, do K-State and Manhattan really understand what Jerome Tang's personality could possibly do yes. for the school long-term, yes. assuming consistent competitive basketball? Yes. Yes. Uh, our friend Glenn at Channel 27 um, did a really nice—he does a good job getting kind of different interviews. And he tracked down Richard Linton in The New President. I think it was Greensboro. It was at the Green, before the yeah, I think second round. That. Yep. And he talks about the incredible impact that Jerome Tang's had, not just on basketball, but on the campus culture and how united the campus is. Yeah, people here get it. And let's let's be honest. Uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, right, about how cool K-State is now. I mean, the rappers are hanging well, around. That's the next question. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's huge for the university. Everything going on here is amazing. The convergence of football and basketball success with a new president, with a really proactive AD in so many areas, um, is is really leading to some great possibilities. It's it's cool. Uh, I don't want much more growth. We're going to get plenty of growth in this town. We're going to eventually explode. We have no place to go, Zach. We're just going to head towards Wamigo. Where's it? Wamigo? I don't know. Um, I put pronunciation issues. But yeah, I mean, we got a we got a reservoir, a Fort Riley military facility, a floodplain. Just go up towards Riley, and go up towards Riley too. Yeah, it's next the next big place probably. Um, I, I think what Jerome Tang's this season, you know, not just basketball, football included. I think it it showed how important sports are for a school like K State. You know, it's not this academic powerhouse. You know, it's a good school, but it's not a Stanford or a, you know, whatever. You know what? You know the point I'm making, but... Utah. <laughs> you know, bringing a community, you know, it, it's important the way that the community comes together for football. And it's not just Manhattan. It's the whole state. You know, K-State fans live in the state. Um, you know, it's obviously the biggest base for alumni. Sports bring people together in Kansas, and I think this season ultimately proved and kind of brought back, you know, those good times, whether it was basketball or football in the last couple decades. You know, it feels like K-State's finally kind of converging, you know, like they did 10 years ago in 2012, 2013 with, you know, the three Big 12 championships. You know, I think that it shows, yeah, K-State's back. We can have this success, and now the hope is – can we sustain? Can we sustain it? Agreed. I agree. Wow. I think the biggest. We all agree. We all agree for once. Shut up. Biggest thing really is the fact that they are winning, right? Like Jerome Tang can do all this stuff with connecting with the fans on social media and hang with Tang, being on campus. But if Kansas State didn't go to the NCAA tournament, let alone the Elite Eight in his first year, 
I mean, people are still going to be positive, but the fact that he was able to do what he did on the court really uh, is going to give K-State and this university a big boost going forward paired with football. uh, It's incredible. The the next phase of this paying off is hopefully the exposure leads to an enrollment increase. You know, I took a question on talk radio, how can K-State, you know, cash that in? I'm like, well, they got to figure out how to convert this to new students. Enrollment is down. That's a big reason why a new president is here to solve that. And he's handed this great opportunity, this great PR visibility that is happening right now with Kansas State from, you know, the end of football, getting to the Big 12 championship, winning it, the Sugar Bowl, even though that game didn't go as planned, it was still on a big stage. And then everything that happened here postseason basketball, it's been it's fun. Can only help, you know, the Flutie effect, right? Yeah. Learn about this in Dr. Keister sports economics class. Biggest so. growth in Boston College history was was that. Yep. I'm not saying this is really going to boost the enrollment, Man. but it can't hurt. You know what? Jerome Tang, you're Doug Flutie. <laughs> uh, it, it is interesting because now there are so many other options. You can see so much other sports. The Flutie effect took place in the you know era where there was less sports on, so more people were probably watching that game because you just didn't have a lot of options. So it will be interesting to see if there is a bounce. There was a huge bounce with Bill Snyder's football success. And the enrollment went way up here. And it wasn't the only thing. There were some great things going on with campus and John Weefold, but that front porch looked awfully good. And a lot of people wanted in the house. And, and the front porch has been painted lavender and looks beautiful. Come on in. You need some work on your front porch, just saying. It's freshly painted. Is that a metaphor for my face? Did you bring those packages in? I did. Okay. I, I had my hands full, or else I would have helped. Dude, that, two of them were dog food. <laughs> I, my, my UPS man's got to hate me, ordering dog food for delivery. Probably hates your dogs, too. Oh, he loves... No, actually, there's a UPS man that hates dude. Really? Yeah, dude's gotten out twice, and he's just so annoyed. <laughs> he's just so... It's like a drama. <clears throat> drama UPS driver. Go ahead. Okay, Fitz and Zach, buckle up here. It's a long one, Estonia Cat. I don't have a buckle. To me, what was singularly remarkable about the Elite Eight run was the national attention that K-State, that the K-State squad received and the number of bandwagon fans that they picked up after the Kentucky and Michigan State games. From Rich Eisen's two 10-minute rants on Marquise Noel's play on his talk show to the little baby locker room scenes on social media, rappers hanging with Coach Malagy, to whoever that guy is from Barstool getting involved. His name is Rico Bosco, right? I actually got to meet him on the sideline because he's, he's friends with the aforementioned Glenn Kinley. Is but, he really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Social media. Oh. But, but still, this person. guy gets a lot of... How do you pick Glenn out of the crowd? To... You should have picked Zach. Blue a- check marks. Anyways, uh, yeah, it seemed that for a week... We need to buy our way into K-State that. was at the center of American sports culture. Is that my bias of the moment or is there another K-State team in sports history that got national buzz at this high a level? Okay, Zach, you were at the game. Right. Uh, I don't care about Gilbert. <laughs> um, you were at the games and a lot of New Yorkers latched on to K-State, didn't they? Right. I was sitting up in the in the upper deck, so I don't know what. <laughs> Gills was sitting behind the, uh, the scores table, so he might have been in a different, had a different point of view on things, but Definitely in the arena, it felt like there were a lot of neutrals that weren't wearing any, you know, particular color, you know, purple, orange, green, blue and red, whatever. A lot of neutrals there that were cheering for K-State. 
because they were excited about the New York the New Yorkers playing that Marquise Noel guy. Yeah. You know, hearing the you know there were security guards next to where I was sitting. They were talking about you know they were just able to catch a little bit of the game. And they were talking about it. I was like, oh, that kid's from New York. It's they it really did feel like the people in that arena that were not there for any particular team were excited to watch K State because of the guys on the team that were from New York. It was it was incredible, cool. and. You know, I was looking at the ticket prices because once K-State won and once Florida Atlantic won, you'd think, oh, ticket prices will be cheap. New York City, no fans are going to go. I think it might have been one of the most expensive tickets for a regional final, if not the most expensive. It was still 180 bucks or something. Get in. You know, that's a seat up in the upper deck. You know, if 10% of sports fans in New York are starved for college content, you know, it's a pro town. Of course it is. But if they're starved for college content, yeah, they're going to show up for this kind of thing. And 10% of sports fans in New York is a load of people. It is. Would it be in K-State's interest to maybe buy some billboards or something? Florida Atlantic bought a billboard in Times Square. You know, they've got the digital billboards there. I was in Times Square one night after they won. There was a Florida Atlantic ad up on the board. I didn't see one for K-State. Granted, I didn't look that hard, but... I guess what I'm asking is, is there any way to try to convert some of those fans into following K-State beyond the Marquise Noel and the New Yorkers phase? Like, from Little Manhattan to Big Manhattan, thank you for the love, Kansas State, Big 12. I think it'd I mean, be good for the Big 12 to get involved in that. I think that there's all I think that if you are a school, it doesn't matter if you're K-State, whoever else, if you if you're a university, you should care about your fans first, but you need to create a brand that right. anybody can latch onto. Become somebody's second favorite team because in college sports with different conferences, it's easy to sit, you know, in Manhattan, Kansas and watch a Pac-12 game and say, "You know what?" I like the Oregon Ducks, or I like wa- I like watching the Washington Huskies. The one the team Washington you Huskies. Bet on. You know, there's you can f- there's there's enough good football and and sports teams around the country that they aren't necessarily going to play your team all the time that you can cheer for, and it's and you, it's okay. You can watch other teams, and especially in the NCAA tournament. If you're watching college basketball and you're a fan of college basketball, you're going to want to cheer for somebody. You know, why can't K-State be that type of team? And that's and that's the mentality that I that I take and think that, you know, if you're a university, you should try getting as many fans as possible. You know, T-shirt fans. So what if they're buying stuff? Welcome them in. You know, yeah. Doesn't matter if they got it from Walmart. It's pretty cool. I mean, I I just think there is something there and I'll be interested to see um, if there will be further conversion uh, excuse me, further recruitment of more K- New Yorkers to K-State on the basketball front. Down to one for Good. next year. Down to one. Hey, Quan, it's all on you, man. You got to carry this load. You guys, I've got Apple Music's Top 100 USA pulled up. You know what number six is? Oh, baby. That song is like three years old. Yeah. It's <laughs> ridiculous. It's amazing. I mean, we talked about this yesterday. Wait, wasn't Cole trying to tell us that? The little baby's like a top three rapper today or something. Yeah, I don't, he's pretty popular. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know much about we were, him. We were, this was off mic, right? We, okay, was it wasn't on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't even remember. Um, we talk a lot, and sometimes the mics are on, and sometimes not. It was interesting trying to get little baby in for Midnight Madness, and just pay what it costs. Mm-hmm. 
but he's got to notice that. And I'm sure he's under the understanding of how that happened, that all of a sudden the song is getting him streaming sure. bucks. Yeah. It's crazy. Was it rumor on the street that he was going to go to Houston? Had K-State won? I have no idea. I think I saw that somewhere. It was on a. It was on the street. Like uh, it was on a billboard in New York City. You're up <laughs> buying stuff from a guy on the street, and he said, "Little baby's going to New York. Here's your bag of stuff." Is that I that really how it went down. I don't have headphones in. <laughs> okay. I, I I hate to bring this up, guys. Oh boy. But do you fear that everything that chance of rain all all the things we just listed were a distraction for this team? Yeah, I do. Uh, uh, I I kind of feared. Uh, not really anything other than the amount of time Marquise and Jerome Tang had to talk about beating Michigan State leading into FAU. That was my one concern. At the end of the day, and I've said this repeatedly, the last three Elite Eights, double overtime with Xavier, just a war with Kentucky, a total physical mismatch that zapped everything that 2018 team had in it, and then a really physical overtime game with Michigan State. For me, that is the most significant thing, the, the amount of physical and mental energy expended in those Sweet 16 games before you get to the Elite Eight. This continues to haunt K-State. And I had this tweet, you know, I'm, I'm all... Poor K-State being the cardiac cats, but couldn't they be the kick-ass cats for a few rounds here to make this easy on everyone? And really, if they could accomplish that in the Sweet 16 and have a more comfortable win, then it might set them up for more success in Elite Eight. But, yeah, I think there was a lot of factors that went into that loss. K-State was the better team. They weren't the better team in how they performed that day. Some things went against them, whether it was officials or, or missed easy shots. And they got outworked. By a team that maybe was fresher or just more hungry. I don't know. I tell you what, I'm glad that Keontae doesn't have to do his whole life story thing for the <laughs> billionth time this weekend in Houston with all the reporters oh there. Gosh. Yeah. Can't yeah. imagine it's having to answer ridiculous. the same questions all the time. I mean, there's only a finite number of like, like outlets and organizations. You've got to pull old quotes because somebody – Within your umbrella has asked that question to Keontae. Like before. credit you know to I mean? Keontae for not blowing up on anybody. Just saying, guys, I did a little documentary thing for ESPN. Go watch that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember any any of the beat writers really digging into it. No, it's all national. Yeah, people. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. It wasn't a story other than the fact that he showed up late. He had an impact. This is how he got here. You know, kind of the base. Nobody really dug into it. It felt like old news at that point. But on a national basis, yeah, I see, I see why they're doing it. But if you're at the Final Four and you're you're finally getting to that story, why? Right. It's been beaten. It's been done. And it's been done a lot better than you will ever do it. So, but yeah. Boy, am I happy for Keontae. He doesn't have to go to the Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> Zach and Gills are happy that they get to sleep in their own beds. Yeah, I, that is. It's hard to explain to fans that when you're out covering, and it's a grind, isn't it, Gilbert? It's, yeah, it, I had zero motivation to go visit New York City, like all the I touristy mean, stuff. Yeah, I went to Central Park and shopped for a little bit, but didn't go see anything else. Did you do any murders? No. God, why did it, why even go I to New York if you're not going to enjoy the culture? That. I did go to Jeez. the Nets game with the K Witch crew, so we did that. That was fun. And I laid in the hotel bed. That's sketchy. 
um, yeah, it, it, it's exhausting. And, you know, when you're two rounds in or four games in, mm-hmm. two sites in, and you're facing that last site, you're excited about the possibility of covering a Final Four. And I got to tell you, it's I, I want to relive it. I, I still fondly remember the 93 Final Four I covered in New Orleans. I want to do it with K-State. I want to see it. I want to experience it. But with all that said, after you get over the disappointment that the team lost a game you thought they could win, your body goes, hell yeah, we're going home to sleep. I mean, your your inner voice is like, oh, yeah, they lost. We're going home. It's just like, okay, and we'll deal with this. And it's weird, but yep. that's how it works. I, every sports journalist I talk to has the similar feelings. I talked to a KU guy. Yeah, it's like they lost. I didn't have to go to a second site. I didn't have to spend my weekend in T-Mobile covering KU basketball. It's, you know, just how it works here. When your workload, a heavy workload is done, even if it came with a disappointment, you didn't get the contract or whatever, you're like, oh, well, now I don't have to do all that work. Yeah. And you guys have been doing this forever, but I've only been doing it for a few years, but I've kind of drifted away from being a fan. And so I'm not really cheering for K-State anymore as much as I... You've done a good job with that. Thank you. It's Thank it's you. hard to do. It, I mean, generally, it's hard to do. It's really hard for me to do at times. Uh, particularly, yeah, those walk and talk comments really praised you for doing a great job of being really anti K State. Yeah, no, it, it's it's there are two different worlds, and to shift in between them, you know, people ask me, why don't you come by the tailgate before the football game? And I'm like, well, you know, it, not only it's silly to go to a tailgate and stand there and not drink because it's we're working, have a beer. I'm working. Do you drink before you go into the office? Um, Some people probably do. Yeah, probably. Um, But also the mental of shifting from, you know, fan things to to work things is is a challenge. And it was really challenging at home where you can just kind of watch and and enjoy the game. But I was more involved in, like, mentally the Kentucky and – Michigan State games in Florida Atlantic. The FAU game, I just felt like this ain't their day. This ain't their day. And every time I thought they were going to get over the hump, a whistle was blown, a rebound was missed, a free throw was missed. He tried to do too much. And it just went the wrong way. FAU won the opening tip and hit a three, and I was like, oh, boy, buckle up. Yep. I was right. It turned out to be kind of an important three points. (laughs) Yeah, it did. Last question of the first half from Eric Black, DV. For next year's basketball season, what intrigues you the most about the new additions of BYU, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati? Houston. 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 me. Next. Cincinnati could be good again. I'm not a big fan of their coach. He seems kind of dweeby. Dweeby? Dweeby. Sorry, coach. I don't even know your name. We saw him in Kansas City last year for the, oh, yeah. the Hall of Fame thing. Cincinnati was there. Can they just play around here again instead of going halfway across the world? What do you mean? Well, they're in the Bahamas again. Oh, yeah. They're going to go to the, uh, they're within the go, budget, right? They're going to go to a Tropical. Caribbean island every year. Yep. Sorry. And in football season, so we won't be able to go. Yeah. Um, let's see. Central Florida, UCF struggles in basketball a little bit. BYU's had their moments. They're not quite there. They'll get back there. They'll be they'll be quick to acclimate to the Big Twelve with recruiting. They'll be very that will really benefit them. And of course, Houston's pretty darn good. I think. Uh, I don't know. I, I think they'll help the conference, but in an odd way, they'll actually bring down the conference. 
you know, the conference was so good that th- these teams they're in for they're in for a shock. You know, night in, night out strain of the Big Twelve. But I'm excited to have them. I'm looking forward to Arizona. Just want to Colorado. Back to the Coors Event Center. Oh my God, it's such a dump. I wonder if they've done anything to it. <clears throat> As we walked into the Veneer Football Complex on Wednesday for an interview with Colin Klein, I'm like, okay, let's say Colorado comes back to the Big 12. They, their fans, if they actually had fans that traveled before when they were in the Big 12 and Big 8 and come here now, they're going to be absolutely shocked by the evolution of facilities. I mean, it's like they remember everything from way back when. And so much has happened now to that football facility. They're just going to be like, what happened? And I bet you if we go to Colorado's facilities, we won't see nearly any any kind of evolution. They did a little bit, I think, in their north end zone. They've kind of reprofiled that maybe a little bit. But I bet you they still have that weird field house concourse with the old old basketball field house. Yeah, it's so weird. It's a weird place. It smells like skunks, and I don't know why. I have no idea. No, the whole town. Huh. What? They got a skunk problem out there? We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more of your questions from Wabash Station. Uh, the kids are going to explain to the old guy what the skunk problem's all about. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast, the basketball edition, your second one of the week. The guys explained to me about the skunks. I'm just, I don't know what to say. I need sorry, to, sorry to let you down, bud. I need to go to the church. Truthers. Again. I'm head to church. There's one up the street. I'll just drop in on the Baptist. Cleanse me, brothers. Cleanse me. And sisters. Here we go. Your questions from Wabash Station. Remember, we're sponsored by The Fridge. You can't get any skunky products there unless you want to buy Natty Light. That's pretty skunky. I can't even say it, guys. Let's go onwards. Go to The Fridge. Go to The Fridge or Gills will drunk dial you. More sober dial you. Oh, okay. Here we go. From T-Con Man. Zero eight. Do you anticipate any other players transferring out with the Ish Masood news? I wonder if anyone else is next. I don't think so. I think they wanted three transfers. They, they needed three spots for transfers. Um, and they weren't going to run off any of the red shirts. I think they feel like all the red shirts have a possibility. And Manning is a lock for sure to stay. Oh, yeah. And maybe Colbert, but. I don't know. I don't. I don't think Jerome Tain's going to do that. I don't think he'll run a guy off who redshirted for you. Sure. <clears throat> so really, he was Ish was the most obvious choice. I think. I mean, yeah. In hindsight, I think we were a little naive not to have seen it coming. But yeah, at first, I was like, "Whoa!" I agree. Just given the recent 
success that he had with those big shots <clears throat> in the tournament. But when you stop and think about how they want to play and what they want yeah. out of their fours, sure. it makes a lot of sense. And he probably wants more playing time than he could get here. He needs to go out of the power six. I mean, if he goes to Providence or something back close to home, maybe he gets the playing time. But honestly, still power six. <clears throat> yeah, he's he's still a step above, I think, where he can play the 30 minutes a game that he wants. I just think he needs to find a, you know, like an East Tennessee State or something like that. St. John's. That's they the big East six. <laughs> but yeah, St. John's is actually we a pretty good St. John's billboards in New York. <laughs> Plenty of Rick Bettina. Yeah. Yeah, but well, I, I don't know. And I. Fairleigh Dickinson. Princeton. You could go to East Harlem Community College State. Again, New York. It's crazy to me that. The big storyline coming into the season was two returnees and 11 new players. And they're going to end up with three returnees from the people that played last year and 10 new players. Some of them have been in the program, but the fans didn't see them other than, you know, one freshman point guard that played six games. Yeah, so barely. Yeah. I mean, Dorian Finster's, I, I don't know what the plan is with him. I mean, they they seem locked in. The mom's very engaged in K State basketball, yeah. and uh, it it'll be interesting if they can get him a red shirt. If there's some loophole there, but after playing six games, they can say, "Look, he sprained an ankle. It set him back, and we didn't want to burn any more of his year." So yeah. I, don't, I don't know what they'll do, but there'll be four guys returning, three red shirts, and Dorian Finster, the three high school signees, and three transfers. There's going to be ten new guys running around. It's it's crazy, but this is really about setting up the program. The roster you just saw, as miraculous and talented as it was, was the bridge. <clears throat> I mean, it wasn't the road to where K State basketball is going under Jerome Tang. It was the bridge to get to the road because they had to put together a roster. Um, and sure, some of those guys hung over, were you know, hang over now. Cam Carter, Naquan Tomlin, David Gasson. I mean, those guys are. Um, part of it, but you know, two of them are going to be seniors next year and be gone. But it's incredible to me that year two of Jerome Tang, and there will be zero Bruce Weber players. Taj Manning was recruited by him, but never played for him. Incredible. Me and Zach were yelled at by Dowling <laughs> that we need to talk to all 15 players. Like how you said, it's us specifically. It was just me and Zach. Every <laughs> time we'd enter the locker room, Reem is on live. And yelling at everybody, saying, you got to talk to all 15 guys. We do things differently here at K-State. Well, There's 15 guys in this locker room, and I just wanted to be like, well, then play all 15, Reem. Come on, bud. Yeah, that I, I got a little annoyed with that. I can see it like one time, like in the preview, like when you get to the site. Try to talk to everyone if you can. Yeah. But after a game or in the bridge, bridge day between one round and another round, dude, we don't have time for that. Yeah. I thought it was disrespectful, to be honest, and I love Dream, but I thought doing it every time is disrespectful. Dude, you don't know what we do, and we don't work for you. You can do what you want to do. You can run your program, but you don't run the media, too. I understand what they're trying to do, but there's a time and place for that. Not in the brief moment we have between the 16 and 8 or the 64 and 32. The lead up, okay. I get it. Just encourage us to do it because I thought the really good content came out of it. If you want us to talk to all 15 guys, have a media day. 
at the beginning of the season. <laughs> don't come, don't tell us. Been. Don't tell us in crunch time. Oh, now you can talk to him. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, Reem. <laughs> Being in the media at one of these events, you don't have a charter. You don't have catered meals. Well, you got some of the. Uh, yeah. They're pretty mediocre. Chicken tenders from the concession uh, stand. Concession stand vouchers. <laughs> Is that really catered. what you had? That's what we had at both sites. It was kind of strange. Wow. Yeah. At least so, Mass Garden had good I, food. So. And, you know, you're working long hours in that day in between. The day in between is a grind. So right then, man, come on. Uh, come on. Oh, we're trying to do our job. And it's not always going to be what you want us to do for you. It's like in the recruiting profession, um, when you cover recruiting, this is, the, this is the God's honest truth. It's you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You know, you get led to a recruit like this guy. Yeah, we're recruiting that guy. And, you know, then you talk to the kid. So he gets some contact from Kansas State. You know what I mean? You're not representing Kansas State, but the kid kind of feels like K-State reporter called me. But just to... Say, call this kid. Do this for me. Do this for me. Do this for me. That's that doesn't last. That that's tiring, and that's what it felt like. Do our work, you know. Like you've got the most incredible social media crew in college sports. If you ask me, I haven't seen anything near like it. Why don't you have them do fifteen interviews with every player? They didn't. Yeah, that's your own media, and they didn't do it. Yeah. I brought this up. That was a rant. I didn't want to <laughs> get Fitz all angry, but I brought this up just because I did take some time, like when we were waiting on Marquise or Keontae to come in to the locker room. I went and talked to some of the red shirts and stuff, and I didn't get any real vibes that they were like checked out, that they were ready to transfer. And so I don't know if they're having meetings after the season and that might change, but I would, exp- I mean, there's no one guy that I can point to to say, hey, you're gone. But I would expect somebody else to leave. I just feel like they're going after so many guys in the portal that we're going to have at least one more departure. But Really? You think that? I do, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's five openings. Because you remember last year, it was just – it kept coming and coming. You're like, okay, that's it. That's the wave of transfers, and it just kept coming and coming. Like Landers was here for like a month before he announced his you know, departure. So Dorian Finister, like you mentioned, it's a weird situation in my eyes, and – Anthony Thomas, we'll see with him. I don't know if you can just say goodbye after redshirting, but we'll see. We will see. But I don't feel like Masood's the last one. Hmm. Okay. We'll keep an eye on that. I'll keep an eye on you, too. Keep an eye on you. I'm doing I'll come right. scratch your back if you scratch mine. Oh, oh that was kind of creepy. <laughs> Let's move on. From El Camino Cat, how aggressive, <laughs> how aggressive do you think the cats will be in the portal? Well... Perry. <clears throat> Depends how many openings they really And need. they've got some clout now. I mean, if you're yeah. a kid in the portal, you just saw what K-State can do with portal kids. You just saw a coach dancing to the old baby. Very cool, too. Jerome's got a little vibe to him. I mean, if you're a, a kid and you have seen the social media from K-State basketball, how do you not want to play? I mean, how do you not want to play for a coach that tells the media you got to talk to everyone? I mean, that if I'm a player, like, yeah, that's cool. Bring it on. Yep. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be really good in the portal. I think their challenge in the portal now is to not get lost in the hype of this kid's from Kentucky. 
this kid was a five star and remain focused on does this kid fit in our locker room and in our game plan? Because they're going to have more op- opportunities. They did an incredible job of finding the right kids. But can they sustain that when they have more viable choices? Yeah. But they will be active. Like last year, I think it was if you're a hard worker right. and you're at least somewhat capable of playing college basketball, we'll take you. You know, Show us your flyer and we'll bite on it, right? But now – with the success that they did have and you don't want to get lost in this guy was a five star, right? You mentioned, you know, you gotta, you gotta be true to what you, to what got you to this point. But at the end of the day, they're going to have their pickings, right? Last year, whoever they could find, they kind of brought in, especially when guys like Antoine Davis, like those big name guys didn't pan out. They were kind of left in the dust and just had to piece together a roster this time around. There's only going to be, three, maybe four, maybe five, who knows, openings. So you can really pick and choose the guys that you want. And you can't mess this up if you're Ting. You can't bring in a guy that's going to disrupt the culture that you did build in year one despite all the people leaving. This was the – was this the bridge, the road to the season? Bridge? Road? Yeah. Whatever, whatever Fitz said. You, you. you started to, to lay that foundation. You can't get that disrupted. So – it's going to be a lot different you know, this year. They're going after some guys. I'll have a piece on this by the time you're listening that goes up in the morning on Go Power Cat with guys they're going after. But it's going to be different than last year. It's going to be a lot different. I agree. Totally. Zach agrees, too. Zach, Zach, agree. He nodded his head. Agree. Zach said, hell yeah, under, under his breath. Go scratch his back. Hmm. From, what's his name? Ass? Adam K? Why would you say that about Jackass? Jackass. Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> we're right down. Write the, t- the time down. Out of control here. Right <laughs> From the guy right that down. Fitz curses at, Adam K63. I don't cur- I love Adam. I don't. I love him. You love every single person named Adam that covers sports. That's exactly true. Adam K, I love you. I love you so much, you big cuddly bear. Okay, read the jackass's question. <laughs> From Adam K sixty three, it seems like K State has a lot of top tier play from players from New York. Do they continue to recruit in that state? Do they need to? Do they continue? need to continue? Sorry, Sorry. man, he's struggling. Isn't he? He's having Sorry. a bad day. folks. We I had to redo it. Colorado. Okay. Um, well, it was probably that uh, big burrito bowl you just ate. It's probably your mind. Really? Now I got it. Really? Um, n- New York is such a viable place to go recruit great basketball players. But I don't feel like there's anyone on the staff necessarily really tied to New York like a Shane Southwell. Curtis Kelly, but Kurt doesn't really do the recruiting. He's gone now. Oh, yes. He's on his way out. Yeah, he's done his time. So I'd like it. I'd love it. I think it's cool. But I I think we'll see – more players from the Houston, Louisiana corridor, including this two-lane point guard I'm reading about right here. Yeah. Who's from Louisiana. So that's their base, and I think we'll see more of that. But um, no go no go find a player from New York if needed. I mean, certainly that, I know that there's a transfer or two out there that they've looked at that is from New York. Maybe indirectly, maybe they stopped somewhere else, but they're in the portal. That might come to pass. 
I don't want to say it was a coincidence that Tomlin and Green. <clears throat> it was. Yeah. It was. Uh, it, it, this isn't going to be some place I mean, that they stream recruits out of every year. The two you know? players they inherited were from New York. Yeah. And it just, I don't think that had anything to do with why they stayed. That was Shane Southwell getting them here. Yeah. To Manhattan. I mean, I don't, I think they stayed because um, they'd only been here a year. They seemed like good fits for the program. And they just happened to be from New York. Yeah. Then they go to junior college, find a really raw, incredible player. Oh, he's from New York. And then they get into, you know, the transfer portal and find a physical guard from Stony Brook. Who's from New York? I just don't think that was a factor. I think just it was, happens to be right. Yeah, I mean it's the largest city in the <clears throat> in what? the country. So, oh come on, <laughs> hey, look, <laughs> I've been to Topeka. I know that that I've been to Wamigo. That okay, whatever. You're right. But you mentioned Houston and like Louisiana; those are two key areas. But I think Rodney Perry deserves a chance moving forward to prove that his you know pedigree at Mocan and, and down in Link and Branson, like all, this whole area around us, you know, the Kansas City area is a part of the country that K-State can win recruiting battles with. And also Dowling, if there's, you know, there's a couple of players that are in the islands, right? Like they've got connections all over. So I would say there's multiple places that you should probably pay attention to. I, I don't think New York is really one of those places like D.C. There's, you know, Dowling is. From up there, but going up to New York, I, I don't see that being a place. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. All righty. Last question. AmeriCat asks, will this coaching staff be together for a while? AmeriCat? Or we, he's been on the podcast before. Goodness I know, gracious. but see, this a, is why I can't ask such questions. Such a damn patriot. Yeah. We should just take a moment, put our hands over our ch- chest, and yell, <laughs> Chiefs. <our> <laughs> I'm sorry, Ryan Gilbert. You this were doing not, a good job reading for I once. I was actually doing good for once. Yeah. This is not to be confused with Imarica as well. Uh, but by the way, guys, we had a we had one of the old scout people that signed back up. You know, he already had a screen uh-huh. name. And so he was one of the Anons. I, I changed his name. I didn't tell him. We'll see if he... To what? Goodness. Well, I, just, I picked something for him. We'll Fitz's burner, 64. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so funny. No, I'm not. Were you born that. in '64? I was. That was very good. Yeah. That was very nice. What are the? What's your social security number? <laughs> what's your phone number? <laughs> Here's my my mother's maiden name. Yep, we need that one. And uh, oh, I can give you the checking account number too. Oh, well, read the last question. <laughs> will the, Will this coaching staff be together for a while, <clears throat> or are there other potential head coaches on this staff? Yeah, there are, but I don't think they're. I think Yurik's the first to to yeah. leave, the first important piece to leave. I would agree. Yes. I would agree. Um, I I think Dowling's tied to Tang for and a while. In fact, he said to me, "You know, we're here as long as he is." And um, and I'm like, "Well, he's in my book. He's going to retire here." So he said, "Okay, they they love it here." He's if you saw the video from the airport, he got kind of emotional. Guys, they lost. They lost, and nearly as many people showed up at the airport as they, as did when they came back from the first sight. It was incredible. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. But let's be honest; it's not going to be hard for Jerome Tang to find coaches to come work for him. Yeah. And once in a while, you need the refresh, so it's not a bad thing. 
If you go through what Baylor's about to go through, getting rated over and over, that gets difficult. You lose all your continuity, and it happened with football at K-State. But for now, yeah, they're, they're going to stick together. Yeah. This this isn't just about a group of guys, oh, Drew, I'm get a job. Maybe I can get on a staff. They've been plotting this. This has been – he had a playbook, not a Ron Prince notebook, but he actually knew who he wanted, how he wanted to look and feel. He put a great deal of thought into what his program would be like and who it would be with, and those are his guys. I mean, you look at Tang at Baylor, 19 years, waiting for the right opportunity. I don't see any of these coaches going to coach at Southern Miss if a head coaching job opens up in the next couple of years. They're going to wait once they really have enough uh, of a resume to go to a Power 5 school. I think that could that could happen, sure, but they're not just going to go up and bail on the first opportunity that comes their way. No, I, I think we're gonna we're stuck with these guys. Yeah, I think they're around for a while. I do yep. too. Take it, Zach. Take Dowling yelling at you to talk to all fifteen players. And and there's ain't such, going anywhere. <laughs> it, it sounds like they've kind of put off the new contract until things calm down. I mean, I'm sure, sure he'll get one. I'm sure there'll be discussions of that. But right now, he's he's focused on the roster, and that's all he cares about right now. I mean, he's not going anywhere. He's he's bought in. Uh, he's not a he's not the type of guy that just kind of passes through and says, well, that was, that was fun for a year. Let's move on to Boulder, Colorado. You know, I mean, he, he waited and measured. He wanted a place where the fans valued basketball and he found it. And it's going to take more than money to drag him out of here. Might take an university of Bermuda joining the NCAA. I'm telling you, if any Caribbean nation starts up a college team that, Joins the NCAA. We got problems. The man's leaving. I'm going with him, which isn't a problem for anyone. My wife will be happy about it. That's it for the podcast. Thanks for listening. Hope you get to check out Fighting Ever Fighting, uh, our new podcast video show with Cole Carmody. Had a great episode with Skylar Thompson. We appreciate you listening to this podcast, even though Gilbert can't read. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. PowerCat.